buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 44. Today we're going to chat with John McClain, a competition shooter from Las Vegas, make a prank call about the gun show loophole, and talk about Falker Defense base pads. Today's panel is Sean Heron, and I'm Ava Flannell. Hello. I uh, I just noticed that it's like 95 degrees in this in the studio, but you said you didn't turn off the air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I so, think it feels good. Someone turned it off. You think it feels good? Yeah. You think it feels good to be in like 90% humidity, 95 degrees? We're not. There's no humidity. <laughs> there's no humidity. Never. And also I'm dressed for the weather. I'm wearing shorts and a tank top and you're wearing like... Uh, 30 extra pounds. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you it said it. It reminds her of warm, you know, home at hell. Yes, yes exactly. Exactly where she lives. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Other than complaining. I'm wonderful. Hot, a little bit clammy, but wonderful. John, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm recovering from uh, this weekend's match here in Vegas that I just got finished shooting. So, like, uh, my lips are chapped to hell, and I'm chugging water like it's nobody's business. But uh, other than that, I'm doing well. Yeah, it must get really hot when you guys – because what's the weather – what has it been like this, like, the last week? Uh, it's, it's been up in the upper nineties and get breaking into a hundred. I think yesterday I got, it got to like a hundred, 102 out on the range in wow. direct sunlight during it's, the afternoon when I decided to shoot. Cause I'm not the smartest candle in the drawer of menorahs. <laughs> nice. All right. Before we get much more into it or, or uh, talk more about the weather, let's real quick here from Manicor Arms. All right, so Manicor Arms, uh, a few things. Uh, they just announced uh, the date for their bullpup shoot. If yes. you guys aren't familiar with that, every year they put on a, a nice little bullpup shoot where they have a bunch of uh, a bunch of companies come down. It's open to the public. You can shoot a bunch of awesome guns. Um, I've been. I don't think I went last year actually. For some reason, I don't know where I was. You went once. Uh, I think you were sick. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I was trying to think about this. Or maybe I was busy with my house because I just bought a house. Mm. I don't know. I, I kind of forget. But uh, but I did go the year before, and it was a blast. Um, and uh, I encourage anybody who's in Illinois or if you want to make the trip, definitely come out. Um, September, what is the date on that? Do we know? Yeah, September 15th, and it it, it truly is. It, it's an awesome, fun event. Don't let the name fool you, Bullpup Shoot. I think uh, eventually it might be rebranded because it started out as a way because Manicorms made a lot of products for bullpups, but now they've kind of branched out and that's not the the main part of their business anymore. Uh, and they just kind of kept the name because the, there's a little bit of history to go along with it. And, it, you know, it's just kind of fun. But really what it is, is they've got a bay open, a bunch of manufacturers bring firearms. And it was really important because Manicor would see a bunch of these events where people would be having to pay $50, $100 to shoot guns that they wanted to shoot. So they actually subsidize it. And uh, they make sure that no one on the line charges more than $10 to shoot a magazine. So if you ever wanted to shoot some guns that you might never have the opportunity to shoot, that's a great way to do it. We shot the Desert Tech uh, MDR, and, you know, that that was actually fun. We shot a a bunch of stuff that had one with an electronic trigger. We shot a bunch of Krebs custom AKs. Uh, The Ass Neck was my favorite. And, yeah, it's just a really good time. So if you're even within a few hours' distance, there's lodging options um, so definitely head out bullpup shoot 2018. That's going to be at the site training in Illinois. 
and it'll be September 15th, 2018. Cool. Now, was there a product you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so they recently came out with a chess rig. And, yeah, the, uh, risk, the risker. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It, uh, so it says that it carries four subgun mags, and uh, it looks pretty comfortable to use, or to wear anyways. Yeah, one of the big things that that they kind of made this for is a lot of people use chest rigs when they're doing tactical training and whatnot, or even some competition guys, especially with the sub gun stuff. Um, and you know, they didn't want the big plate carriers or vests or anything like that. So this one's the reduced signature chest rig, also known as risker, which just means there's not a whole lot to it. It basically lets you put the mags on your chest and then rock and roll without a whole lot of extra weight bulk or any of that uncomfortable stuff. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it comes in brown, green, and multi-cam, and it's $150. But you're not going to have to, you won't pay full price. No, you're not. You're not because going Because they gave us a coupon code for our listeners. So if you use the code <laughs> GUNFUNNY15, you get 15% off. Exactly. All right, let's get into the show. Learn the things you never knew. On deconstructing the industry. All right, John. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how'd you get into guns? What brought you to uh, your current job now? Uh, well, you know, it was actually kind of funny. I, I lived in a household where guns were a uh, no-no. Um, I wasn't even allowed to own like a, a squirt gun because, you know guns were dangerous and bad and they kill people according to my parents back in the day uh so naturally as soon as i turned 18 the first thing i did was uh went and bought a, a ruger 1022 rifle because uh, it was the only one i could afford at the time and went out shooting and uh well prior to that i'll say actually my, my buddy's dad took me out uh to teach me about gun safety initially um so we did that then after that first experience was when I went out, bought my rifle, whatnot, you know, hit it under my bed for like a year and a half before I finally came out and said like, okay, that's it. I'm coming out. I'm a gun enthusiast. And they were like, that is not what we expected you to say. (laughs) Right. Right. Not expecting me to to talk about how I like shooting hot loads uh, everywhere, but (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, when I turned 21, um, I went out and watched my buddy's dad go out and shoot a USPSA match one time. And I figured, I was like, wow, that looks like kind of fun. So I bought a gun and uh, my, my first gun was actually the Glock 22, 40 cal. Um, of course. Went out, shot, shot my first match. And I think after I got done shooting that match, I immediately went home and put that gun up for sale. I sold it and uh, turned around and bought a Glock 35, which is the, you know, the longer version and uh, kind of built for the competition world and i've been broke ever since (laughs) it it has a funny um, habit of doing that to you yeah yeah so that was that was how i got started as far as like being a gun owner and and getting into the shooting um shooting sports and stuff like that Uh, i didn't really get super serious about shooting until maybe four or five years after i got started uh when i was going through my divorce just because it was it was a way for me to to go it was like something that i looked forward to all weekend long like you know all 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 week would be like sucky shitty you know drinking jameson because i was a sad clown and (laughs) and all that kind of stuff and uh but once it came time for the weekend and it was time for me to go shoot a match like 
it was four or five hours where I was able to go and get my mind off the crap I was going through. And it was fun to hang out with friends and, and focus on the stages and compete and stuff like that. So I started getting a little bit more serious about that. And that was when um, I actually also started the pants thing. And a lot of people think that I, I started wearing the pants because I was just looking for attention. I was a little attention whore, which don't get me wrong. I love attention and, and I know how to get it when I want it. But uh, that actually wasn't the reason why I started wearing the pants. I started wearing them because as I was getting more serious about it, um, I'd make little mistakes here and there. and I get pissed off and angry with myself and I'd carry it over to the next stage. And then I'd make another mistake because I was focused on the mistake I made prior and, you know, it just snowballed. And from there it was no fun. And I was, I was getting so pissed off at myself and I wasn't any fun to be around. Um, but I had to remind myself that I was supposed to be having fun. That's why I started shooting competition to begin with. And that's why I continued to do it today. And, uh, so the pants were just kind of a reminder to me of like, hey, how serious can you really be taking this? Because look at what you're wearing in public, you know. And where did you get so, these pants? Uh, but, so those pants are actually from Loudmouth Golf, which is the uh, the same company that John Daly wears for the PGA Tour. Okay. And do you do they sponsor you at this point? Uh, they do not. Um, I've tried, but uh, I think they'd rather stay away from the gun industry um, yeah. And now, granted, at the time when I we started making contact with them and stuff, that was right after the whole Sandy Hook issue happened. And I'm pretty sure everyone, including you know even NBC Sports Network, uh, wanted to get away from anything gun related because that's that's the reason they dropped Three Gun Nation from their primetime you know showing and stuff. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll try and reach out again to them and, and see what happens. But um, as of right now, the 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 thing that ended up going on with the pants was uh, about, a, about a couple years after that, when I started getting into three gun, um, shortly after I got sponsored by arms Corps, I was introduced to uh, a buddy through my, uh, my, my training and my, or my trainer and one of my teammates, Pete Rensing, who runs iScope LLC and, and just launched the United shooting sports leagues. Um, one of his other team members is a guy named Scott Stevenson, who owns a range down in California called OC Indoor Shooting Range. And him and his wife uh, came out. We shot a couple of matches together. Uh, we, we got along great. I mean, awesome chemistry. They're awesome people. And um, his wife kind of like saw the pants and, and she was like, you know, like, would you be willing to put our logo on your butt? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, sure. I don't see any reason why not. Like, I was, so the, the deal that we made was that if they if they bought the pants, because they're not cheap. Like, the, the pants, I, I if you imagine. get them on sale, if you get the pants on sale, they're about $70 each. If they're currently in production, but they're not they're not on sale, they come out to like $90 to $100. And if they're not in production and you want them, they, they're like $120. Jeez. So they're not cheap pants. And so the deal I made with them, I was like, listen, if you buy the pants, you can put whatever logo you want on my ass, like kind of thing. Right. So yeah. now the joke turned into like, ha, this is John McLean. We own his ass. Look, just look at it. It's got our logo on it kind of thing. Right. Love it. So we did that over the next couple of years. Um, she would, uh, I, I basically told her, I was like, listen, you can, you can pick the designs. You can do whatever you want. Just every year we'll we'll change it up. I try to I try to get uh, three new pairs every year because uh, most matches are three days long, so that way I have a different pair each day. And uh, so we were doing that, and she was she would surprise me at the start of every season um, with a new pair, you know, with a new set of shooting pants. And and uh, it was it was something that was really fun for all of us to 
to get to Sharon and stuff. Well, last year, um, I was down in St. George shooting a, I think it was the area one championship for USPSA. And immediately after I got done shooting, uh, one of our other team members came over, rounded all of us up that were, were shooting together on the squad. It was all, you know, group of same friends and stuff. And so he basically rounded us all up and he let us know that, um, that morning Lisa Stevenson had, had passed away unexpectedly. So that kind of hit hard for me. And the fact that, you know, we, we talked a lot, we talked really often, we texted each other and, and the whole, you know, the pants thing, you know, it was, it was just always something fun that we did together. Uh, so to lose her last year was a, a pretty big, uh, uh, pretty big shock to the system for me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, I would probably dare to say, I mean, I've lost, I've lost friends and, and family members before, but like this, this one was kind of probably one of the closer ones that I've, I've had to deal with, which kind of sucks. So, um, now though, um, I've talked to her husband about it and we decided that, uh, uh his daughters are going to kind of help him out when it comes to picking the designs for me and stuff like that. And I wanted to continue to do it as a way to kind of remember Lisa because it was one of the things that made her smile and, uh, and, and gave her something to, to joke around and laugh about. So to this day, I still wear them. And, uh, it's funny when, when people try to smash or smash or, or shit talk why I wear the pants. And, and after I educate them, they either a feel like an asshole or B they were always, they were always an asshole and they don't care in which case I don't really care either. But, uh, yeah. You know, so that just so everyone knows that it, I don't wear the pants because I'm looking for attention. I got all the attention I need now. I'm good. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing it now because it was uh, it, it was something to remind and, and honor uh, a dear friend of mine. So um, that's where the pants came in. It's very cool, man. I love it. And I like that. It it does set you apart, It whether attention or not, like obviously not the goal, but it does set you apart. And, you know. I think that that's important because I think that the competition shooting field is so incredibly congested with different people and jerseys and companies and things like that. And the jerseys all start to kind of look the same, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a uh, European hockey team, something like that. But the pants set you apart. You can always be like, oh, hey, there's John over there. Uh, and I think that's cool. I think it's uh, regardless of how it got started, whatever it is. I just think it's like a really cool little thing that you do for your own personal branding. Absolutely. Yeah, and and it's funny that now uh, the majority of the time, like if if I show up at a major match and I bring like I mean I I did this uh, one match I it was uh God where was it might have been one of the matches here in Vegas it was just like a, it wasn't a, a huge major match but it was a bigger one and I showed up wearing regular khakis some like true spec pants and stuff mm-hmm. and people legit came up like they were really upset that I was wearing regular pants because yeah. they came in from California and they were like we wanted to see what pants you were going to wear today and it's kind of <laughs> like oh okay I'm sorry I'll, I'll I'll go I'll bring them but tomorrow you know but, they're, uh, they're like are you okay are you depressed <laughs> right yeah exactly so now you know and, and like I said I mean how serious can we really be taking it? Last time I checked, the person that won the world shoot this year, which is my, my team over Eric Grafell, um, I don't recall seeing him leave with a super large $50,000 check or a brand new car. I think he left with a medal around his neck. <laughs> you know, like, how serious is this? Can we really be taking this? Uh, how serious can we really be taking this sport? Um, you know, relax, have fun. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. And I, I love that. 
So uh, when I when I saw you at the NRA show and you were telling me kind of how you uh, eventually landed your job with Rock Island, um, and it's really interesting how things kind of just fall into place. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, so uh, here in Vegas for the last eight years or so, I've been uh, working as a paramedic, or as EMT intermediate is, is essentially what I was called. It's kind of like this, the mid, mid-tier mid level um, between a basic and a full-fledged paramedic. Um, and about, that's probably about six or seven years ago now, I was working, I was, we were getting ready to get off, and we ended up getting a, a call for a car accident that uh, was taking place between Vegas and Pahrump. So my partner and I responded, we, we went out and we ended up finding this, uh, when we, when we rolled up on scene, one of the cars was on fire. Um, and the other cars had the front end smashed up. Uh, we got out on scene, looked around, ended up finding two patients. We loaded them both up in the rig since they were both family members. We could take them both at the same time. We didn't want to tie up another unit. So we just threw them both in the truck and off to the trauma center we went, well, once we got to the hospital, uh, the one of the people was like, hey, you know, if, if you ever need anything with like uh, like if you're looking for a gun or need some discount on ammo or something like that, you know, let, let me know. And I was kind of like, well, that's that's kind of an interesting um, request or that that's kind of a tall order if you knew who I was. So who are you to kind of offer that mm-hmm. uh, to which to which her comment was like, oh, well, me and my brother own Arms Corps in Rock Island. And when I first started shooting competition, there was a shooter here in Las Vegas named Ray Witham, and he was he was like the the top shooter here in Vegas. He was the guy to, that everyone wanted to try and beat, and everyone failed at, at, at attempting to do so. And when when I started getting into it a little bit more, he was one of my first trainers, and he shot for Arms Corps as well. So I knew the company prior to you know really getting super serious about shooting. So when I mentioned her, I was like, oh, so you know Ray Witham. She was like, yeah, I know Ray. How do you know him? I said, Yo, he was he was one of my first trainers that taught me about competition shooting uh, when I got started in it. And that kind of piqued her interest a little bit, say like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know you were shooting competition. What kind of competition do you shoot? Uh, and I told her, I was like, well, I shoot USPSA, and I'm starting to get into three-gun. And they didn't have a three-gun shooter at the time, so that kind of piqued her interest too. So she gave me her card and said, hey, you know, give me a call weeks we'll set up a meeting and uh we can we can get together and, and chat about this so i was like uh, okay no problem so i i ended up finding out later on after i'd left and, and this is where like my bosses tell me this story now is that uh, after after she got her initial x-rays done and everything came back clean she was just really sore and whatnot um she she came out to the waiting room where all of her family was waiting and and the first thing out of her mouth was to her brother martin and she would say yo martin You'll never guess this. The guy in the ambulance that picked me up is a competition shooter, and, and, and his name is John McLean. And and they were pretty much sold right there on the idea of uh, of you know using me as a marketing tool. Um, so yeah, a couple couple weeks later, I called her up, set up an appointment, and uh, we, we sat down and discussed kind of what what competition shooting meant to me and uh, what my goals were for it. And I, you know, I made it very clear to them that I was not a top level competitor um, that I, I, while I might, I probably had the skill set, I probably have the ability to, to become a top competitor. I just didn't have the resources to train the way I wanted to. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And, uh, and I made them a promise basically saying, you know, if, if you guys would give me a chance for one year, um, I promise to show you some results. Don't see the results that you, and you can drop me. And, uh, 
we agreed to it. We started off at, at the sponsorship off as a multi-gun sponsorship. So it was only for nine millimeter and two, two, three, uh, a couple months of, of training and practicing and stuff. I obviously got better, uh, kept showing, kept sending them updates and whatnot. And after about four or five months, uh, Martin, the CEO, had, uh, basically said, you know what, this, this guy looks like he's pretty good with the pistol in general. Let's just sponsor him all year round. So that, that opened up my, my full sponsorship with Arms Corps. And then a couple months after that was when they approached me about shooting Rock Island exclusive and uh, haven't, haven't really looked back since. Wow. Yeah, that's very cool. So that happened. You did that for a couple of years. And then eventually uh, you, you stopped fixing people and be- became an employee of Arms Corps. Yeah, yeah, that that actually happened um, like back in September of this year. I, you know, I got a lot of um, a lot of friends that I still talk to in the in the EMS industry and stuff. And when I left AMR, it was about a week and a half before the October 1st shooting happened. And that was that was a really weird experience for me because it, it was like. I was driving back from St. George from Hanga Nationals when uh, my sister's boyfriend actually sent me a text message with the the news article link saying that the shooting was taking place. Um, And I was still about 45 minutes outside of town. Uh, When I got when I got in town, uh, I basically started, you know, hitting up people that I knew saying, hey, better, better get down to station. Sounds like you guys are going to have a busy night. Um, with the shooting that's going on and so they started everyone started that I knew in the medical field were was getting geared up already and and heading to, the, to their stations or to their hospitals and stuff and it was weird not being able to throw on my uniform and and head down to the station and jump on an ambulance like it, it felt not not like survivor's guilt in the fact that you know survivor's guilt was but it felt like you know I, I felt like I, I I belonged on the street with all of my friends and coworkers and stuff that mm-hmm. I just, you know, parted ways with and whatnot. But yet I also didn't have uh, my certifications anymore. I turned those in. I didn't, I wasn't covered under AMR insurance policies. So like I couldn't drive any of the rigs or anything like that. So it was kind of weird to, to feel that, that powerless in that situation. But, um, you know, obviously my, my coworkers did, did a hell of a job. Uh, everyone, all the the law enforcement, fire departments, hospital staff, paramedics, you know, even even regular bystanders really stepped up and proved that uh, Las Vegas is not just about you know the the sin and the the the, the alcohol and the parties, but like they people really kind of showed up and uh, and and stepped up and and did some extraordinary things from a really extraordinary situation and. Um, yeah, it was it was a really weird experience to have that kind of situation happen here in Vegas. No one expects that to, to go on, but yeah. uh, you know, since since then, I was I've been able to keep track of, of all of my my partners and 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 ex coworkers and stuff like that, and they're all happy for me because I'm in I'm in the industry that I was uh, I've I had been doing for years. Even when I was working as a paramedic, I was taking time off to go shoot matches and travel and do training events and stuff. So they're all happy for me. Uh, and I'm all glad that they're all safe and, and doing well after that event. So um, yeah. it's been an interesting transition to go from uh, emergency medics, medicine to the firearms industry. But uh, I'm having fun so far, and it's it's been uh, it's been a good experience. And what is it that you do for for Arms Corps Rock Island? Uh, so I'm 
uh, I'm a their national product training manager. So essentially any of our distributors or dealers that will throw either shooting events for the public or um, have training events where they'll bring in like the the um, the sporting good managers or or uh, what do they call the sales the sales staff and whatnot. They'll bring them all together in a central location that's based around one of their locations for as far as the corporate office and whatnot. Um, and we'll schedule a day where you know a bunch of the vendors will come out. They'll bring a bunch of products and we basically educate them on you know what the differences in the products are, the lines. Um, best, best ways to, to approach the sales of the products as well, you know, stuff like that. Um, so basically just more, more of an educational thing for the sales staff to, to learn about the product so that they don't just stand there and be like, Oh yeah, you know, that's a, that's a rock Island armory, 1911, you know, Oh, tell me more about it. It's black. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 1911, it, you know, it, it's chambered at 45 and, uh, it's got eight round clips uh-huh. and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, so that's that's one side of it and then the other side of it is um that i also do the uh sales for ammo and and firearms as well so um yeah as far as some of the some of the bigger or mid-sized dealer accounts to i'm starting to get a couple of decent sized ones as well um you know they'll, they'll i'll sell ammo and firearms and magazines and gun parts and whatever else you can think of that's very cool i mean so people from who who aren't very familiar uh might not know that that Arms Corps is definitely a family business. It's been in the family for quite a while. Uh, you had a career in, in in as a first responder, and I imagine that it was pretty hard to leave, and that it probably took a special company and special special people to kind of lure you away. Tell us a little bit about the corporate culture of Arms Corps, and you know some of your reasons for really committing to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know that. Um... One of the things that Martin, Lisa, Chloe, I mean, all of the family members in the Twasson family pride themselves on is their um, how close they are with a lot of their employees and staff and whatnot. And, and they really do want it to make it feel like a family. Um, and, and that's just not a saying. You know, a lot of people, oh, we want this to be your second family. And this, no, like, I mean, he invites everyone from the company to come celebrate birthdays of his, of his children or him and his wife. And, and, you know, uh, they'll have parties at his house, his personal house where, you know, the golden Knights are playing hockey. So he's having parties, you know, to, to have hockey viewing things and stuff like that. I mean, they they really do, um, step up. I mean, he, he, Martin almost makes it a point that whenever he comes back from the Philippines or goes to the Philippines and stuff, any new staff that has been hired since the last time, he makes it a point to go over to them, each individual person, shake their hand, introduce himself, talk to them a little bit, learn a little bit about them um, on a personal level and stuff. And, and I like seeing that. I like the fact that, um, you know, Martin is also a CEO that doesn't just sit in his office all day taking phone calls and, and dealing with meetings and stuff. Um, if you look at any of the 1911 forums on, on Facebook or, or pages and stuff like that, um, you'll actually see Martin commenting and, and reaching out to the, the public as far as, you know, if they have questions about the guns or they're having issues with it, you know, they need some customer service thing revolved. Um, you'll see Martin on Facebook all the time 
commenting, giving out his personal email, giving out his cell phone number, wanting to talk to people to resolve issues and stuff like that, which is something else that kind of sticks out for me. I don't I don't see many other CEOs from gun companies that get that involved um, with their customer base and just constantly saying that. I mean, he's he's really a, a guy that shows and, and he leads by example. Like I said, he, he doesn't just show up and say like, hey, you guys are doing great. Keep it up. I'm going to go hit the golf course. It's like if if we're if our sales are down then he's one of the first people to not only get the sales team rallying but he'll start picking up the phone and reaching out and start making sales himself if he has to so um and, and like i said it's, it's a whole family business because i mean he's a ceo his sister's in charge of the marketing and the shooters shooters team his other his cousin is uh my my boss now he's the whole vp of sales um he's got another cousin that uh, is in charge of the international sales they've got a cousin that's in charge of their website so the the joke is that if um if you really have an issue with arms Corps rock island that needs to be resolved don't worry they've probably got a cousin for you that's pretty awesome man i love it so my personal experience i shot a rock island armory and single stack uspsa competition for an entire year never cleaned it once you know people think that just because something doesn't cost two thousand dollars that it's not great and i've got to say i've still got that gun i still love that gun uh it served me well finally i did start having failures in it but that was purely because it hadn't been maintained at all i was just like i'm gonna see how long i can go and when I finally did clean it, the uh, the little extractor tube that, that you go in there, I actually pushed a Q-tip through it and it pushed out a full solid piece of carbon throughout the entire thing. Like it was, it was amazing. That thing held up. I, I really do. I've got multiple Rock Island Armory 1911s and they were kind of my introduction to 1911s and I've used really expensive ones. But RIA, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, it's a great option for someone who wants a 1911, mm-hmm. uh, period. Yeah. with with no qualifications well and you, and you know the the one thing that we've we've figured out and because you know as a competitive shooter i i've read all the rumors and and all the gun talk and all kind of stuff and i always heard that rock island armories weren't reliable there's no way they could be reliable i mean look how cheap they were right that was always the the yeah. term that was used for the gun was to describe how cheap it was and once i started shooting the the gun and learning a bit more about the company um i realized that it's not Cheap is the wrong word. Cheap implies that you're going to lower the quality of something so that you can lower the price, right? And what I started realizing is it's not a cheap firearm. It's it's the value. It's the deal firearm. If if you walk to a if you went to a a, a car dealership and you found a, a Ford Taurus for eighteen thousand dollars. And then you went to another car dealership and you found another Ford Taurus for sixteen thousand dollars. That was the exact same model, exact same year with the same mileage. The the general public would go for the sixteen thousand. They're, they're not going to go pay pay eighteen thousand when they could pay two thousand dollars less for the same car, right? Mm-hmm. And and even when you look at the the ammo side of it, people go into a gun store and they look at ammo price and they go, oh, that one's that one's eighteen dollars a box. This one's seventeen dollars a box. Oh, there we go, sixteen dollars a box. I'll think I'll buy four hundred rounds of that. But then something switches when they get to the gun counter and they go, wait, 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 hold on. This 1911 over here is $800, and this one over here is $400. That $400 one must be crap, so I'm going to I'm gonna spend more money on the $800 one. When it's like, well, no, it's it's the value gun. It's the one that you're, it does the exact same job, just like the car would. It gets you from point A to point B safely. It's just that the price is lower, and the reason our pricing is lower isn't because um, our quality is not there. It's because our our cost of manufacturing the firearm in the philippines is lower 
So, I mean, we could we can make the 1911 here in the U.S. and we could up the price and be the exact same price as everyone else if that would really cure the, the issue of people saying it's a cheap firearm. But it's not the case at all. It's just that um, the, the cost of labor in the Philippines is a little bit lower. Um, therefore, we're able to manufacture the gun at a lower price and then we can we can bring that savings over here once we import them and, and sell them to the customers at a lower price. So it's not that we're a cheap firearm because, I mean, I think a lot of people also think that when when they hear we're from the Philippines, I assume they think of some poor kid that's like covered in soot, hand pouring <laughs> molten steel into a, a mold yes. and then having to pull out a hammer and chisel to, to break the frame open and, you know, stuff. And that's not the case at all either. We have state of the art CNC machines that are being run by engineers and computer analysts. And, you know, like it, it's the same operation as any other 1911 manufacturer out there. It's just that it costs us less to to have the labor. You know, if you call a plumber to your house and he he comes looks at your toilet, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's a it's a five dollar part, but I'm gonna have to charge you two hundred and fifty dollars to change it out." It's like, well, you just told me it's a five dollar part, so how are you gonna charge me two hundred fifty? Well, you know, because I got to do all the work. So that's the same thing. Our labor is is cheaper in the Philippines, therefore we're able to to produce the firearms a little bit cheaper, and we bring the savings overseas. So. Very, nice. very cool stuff. So let's change gears a little bit and just go into competition. Tell me your thoughts on kind of the state of the, the three gun world. The state of the three gun world, in my personal opinion, is craziness right now. Um, when I first started shooting three gun, there were like 13 or 14 matches a year that you'd have to travel across the country to go shoot. Now there's like 13 or 14 matches uh, over the next three months that are all within driving distance of me. And um, that's just here in the, in the Southwest area part of the country. And then you've got the whole rest of the country putting on another, you know, 80 matches uh, a quarter and stuff. So the, the growth of the sport has been cool to see and, and fun to watch. But it's also unfortunate in the fact that it kind of uh, it's kind of cannibalizing the whole shooting industry in that, you know, before matches would sell out and now they're barely getting half full because there's just so many more to pick from that that people are opting to to go to the matches that are closer to them rather than the matches that probably have the better quality or, or you know, the the funner stages or, or whatever um and then the flip side of that is also the sponsors are also getting hit hard because you know they they only had 20 people 20 match directors coming up to them uh offering or asking for sponsorships and and support for their matches well now they've got you know 120 people coming up to them all asking for support for their next match because it's going to be the, the the latest and greatest and last time i checked the there's still just about the same number of major sponsor companies out there. So, um, you know, I, I have a hard time with the whole prize table thing. Like I, I enjoyed it when I was new and fresh and like, Oh yeah, I, I finished 230th and I still won a, a mag pouch, you know, like that was kind of cool and exciting. But after a while, you just kind of realize it's like, man, I, I, I come out to the match to, to shoot a good match and to compete, compete against my friends. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is it's really just a giant hangout session. And then occasionally you shoot something. Yeah. You know, I mean, what other sport do you go out and hang out for five hours, but at the end of five hours, you've only got a minute and a half of video footage of you actually shooting. Right. Uh (laughs) You know, like, so 
So while the, the, the sport's growing, which is a great thing, um, I think the mindset needs to change a little bit to this whole aspect of like, well, I, I expect a prize even though I placed 300. It's like, well, the only prize you should get is like maybe some brass that you could go pick up off the ground to reload some ammo and go train. Yeah, while, while you're helping paste. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. Um, <laughs> but I will say that, uh, like I said, Pete Rensing here in Vegas, um, he's he's started up a new league called the United Shooting Sports Leagues, and it's something that him and uh, uh, his his really good friend, mentor, and, and another friend that just recently passed is uh, Mike Voigt. Um, they work together many hours discussing this idea, and finally, Pete's putting into putting in the time and, and the money and, and effort and all that kind of stuff. And it's been growing like wildfire. He, we started out shooting this, this kind of different competition style here in Vegas, um, mostly out of necessity because we weren't able to shoot over the berms at the range that we shoot at anymore um, due to BLM coming in and, uh, and, and deeming it uh, not, not allowed. So it, they, they basically took the mountain that was behind the gun range and turned it into a hiking area so that we couldn't shoot onto the property anymore. And uh, so we had to find a new way to shoot three gun matches because a lot of three gun matches, it, it required you to shoot long range. Well, now we can't shoot long range. So what are we supposed to do? So he designed this like uh, expedition multi-gun style where it's everything can be within 50 yards, 60 yards. Um, essentially that was also when PCC started making a, a little bit of a push and he wanted to create a match where you could shoot a three gun match there or if if you wanted to, you could just come bring your PCC and shoot the entire match with your PCC and it'd just be the same, you know, and we, we did it at shot show. Um, after shot show, he puts on a match and we kind of tested it out in that, that match setting for the first time. And immediately right after that show ended, the people that shot it went back to their local clubs and started telling their match directors saying, Hey, you need to get in contact with Pete Rensing over in Vegas and ask him about this expedition multi-gun stuff. Cause it was fun. So it like within the last two years, he's already pretty much um, set up uh, clubs a- across the nation that are shooting under his rule set and shooting under his guidelines. And again, an- another thing that I like about Pete is that he's not just sitting in the office at home, reaping the benefits or anything like that. I mean, he's, he's traveling to a lot of these basically look at the range and explain to them, some of the options they have as far as how to set up these matches properly and how to set them up so that it's going to be a good time for the shooter. And and that's the biggest thing too, is that he doesn't, he didn't create the league because he wants to be in control of something. He created the league because he wants the shooters to have a say people, people email him with suggestions or things they didn't like about his match. And he doesn't just sit there and go like, well, sucks to be used. I guess I won't see you next year. It becomes, well, okay. Like tell, explain to me more about what, what you didn't like about that aspect. And if there's a way that he can fix it, he does it. So, um, you know, he's, he's launching this whole thing and it wasn't just for multi-gun either. It, it turned it up being this, this whole concept of like, well, I could, yeah, multi-gun's good, but, why can't I do a pistol league? Why can't I do a steel league? So, you know, he's, he's creating all these different uh, leagues and, and, and different games that people can go out and play. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of it's a lot more simplified as well. You know, with some of the other matches like USPSA, you have like hit factor, right? So you got to take the points that you, the points that you shot divided by your time and then divide that by a thousand. And that gives you a hit factor. And the highest hit factor gets this many points and everything based 
Well, that's a lot of that's a lot of math and confusion for a new shooter. Yep. So he opted to go with a kind of more of a, a time plus method where if you if you hit an alpha, you're good. If you hit a Charlie, then we're going to add 0.25 seconds to your time. And if you hit a Delta, it's 0. 0.7, 0. 0.75 seconds. That's a whole lot easier to explain to someone new when you explain the importance of like, hey, you, you want to try and hit all these alphas because otherwise you you're getting time added. But it's also not so much time that some of the some of us top guys like we'll we'll go a little fast and shoot some Charlies and take some of those point two five seconds down and stuff because. You know, uh, the time that it would take to slow down enough to ensure that you got the A's would be longer than 0.25 seconds anyways. So there's still a little bit of, of gaming and, and, and or, or uh, there, there's still a little bit of strategy in, in how to actually shoot and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, it just it just made it a whole lot easier to bring new people into the sport and not scare them off with with crazy numbers and 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 stuff like that. So, um, it's been pretty fun. And if, if you guys, if anyone has any questions, you guys can always reach out to him again, his name's Pete Rensing. And just, uh, I think his website is the U S S leagues, plural at, uh, com, And, uh, you can look. That sounds very cool, man. I I definitely want to check that out, learn Mm -hmm. a little bit more about it and see if there's anything going on locally here to me. Well, if you guys, you know, if you guys want to uh, shoot the match after shot show, I don't know how you guys feel after the shot show. I know if you're anything like me, you feel like you got ran over by a bus. But, yeah, uh, I'm yeah. like, we we usually feel like we got hit by AIDS. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and well, but granted, is that is it because of the show, or is that because of all the drinking that takes place after the probably, show? Probably, probably everything. My answer to that, those two questions, is yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, right. you know, if you guys want to come out and uh, and try it one year, and, and even if you guys don't want to haul guns and ammo and stuff like that, just let me know. I'll, I'll bring guns and ammo for you guys to come play. And We uh, really should, yeah, because, uh, like, flights to Vegas are so cheap. Yeah. Like, you can get it, uh, if you get it on a good day. I've seen flights, like, $60 round trip. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we've we've joked around, because there's, like, some places that we want to eat. Like, there's this place that makes these unicorn donuts and cotton candy burritos. And so we've... We've joked that we're just going to go fly there for the day, eat the cotton candy burrito, and then fly back. I'm not so, joking. I'm, I've been trying to convince her for, like, months. I'm like, let's just, we'll book a ticket. We'll fly in in the morning. We'll, like, gorge ourselves on horrifying sweets. We'll get diabetes, we'll get, get back diabetes, on the, get get back back on on the plane. plane, and we'll be good. Yeah. yeah well, but maybe we could add a little bit of shooting. Uh, yeah. We'll shoot insulin in and lead. There you go. <laughs> Well, you know, if you leave with diabetes, I guess that's better than some of the other diseases you could be leaving Vegas that's with. That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Sean, don't think you're going to put anything in that prison purse uh, well, when we'll we see. get back on we'll the plane. See. Gosh. Let me just say that I hope that never mind. <laughs> All right, John. So uh, if people want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Uh, the biggest place you can find me is probably Instagram because I, I don't understand Twitter. Um, or anything like that. That makes two of us. They go on Instagram. All you got to do is search for McLean John, M C C L A I N J O H N, no spaces or anything, and uh, they can find me there. Um, or or Facebook is the other option. And yeah, just just search for me, John McLean, and uh, you can follow me there. And look for Most the crazy time. pants. What was that? I said, and look for the crazy pants. That yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how you know you I, found the real John McClain. Exactly. That's right. I'm the real John McClain, not the one that you know fake throws people actors off of Nakatomi Tower and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Lo- loved you and Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, 
right, yeah, cool. no, you know what's what's funny is that there, I've actually seen a couple people that have tried to to put on some of those pants, like they've they've either found some or whatnot, and man, I, it just some doesn't look really as good. Lay into them. No, I, I love it. I think it's great. Like, because again, it's it's that aspect of like, you know, we're all supposed to be having fun. If if you want to wear the pants because it's for whatever reason, if because you want to be fun, you want to you want to have a good time, your buddies dared you or something like that, like, go for it. I don't care at all. That's that's not my trademark. It's not like something that I'm gonna sit here and defend. Like, no, I'm the only one that could show up on the range wearing pants that make me look like a witch vomited on me. Like. <laughs> Do it if if it's some if it's gonna make you laugh, it's gonna make you smile, it's gonna make you have a good time on the range. Go for it. But man, some people like straight up start leaning into these like, oh, you're just trying to copy John McLean. You're just trying to do this. It's like, who cares? Like, why why do you care? Let him do whatever the hell he wants. Right? It's America. <laughs> exactly. That that is pretty damn cool. All right, man. Stick around for the rest of the show. Anytime you have anything to say, just uh, let it go. Yeah. I like turtles. I like turtles as well. I also oh, yeah. like. I like matador arms. Uh, so matador arms uh one of the things i wanted to talk about is their fury grip we haven't talked about it in a while and it's really cool if you're building something that needs a grip um i have it on my unicorn ar and uh it has like a really nice like aesthetic to it um it's not as skeletonized but it's kind of cut out in all the right places and uh it looks i don't know i think it looks pretty cool if you guys are interested in buying one Use the code coupon or the coupon code GUNFUNNY10 and that gets you 10% off. And today's prank call is also sponsored by Matador Arms. All right, here we go. My favorite part of embarrassing myself every single week. It's great. Sweet. And I'm waiting for the audio to play. I don't really know what's happening. Oh, there we go. It's time for prank calls. With Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. My name is. How could I help you today? Uh, yes, hello. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to work this gun show loophole. I keep trying everywhere and I don't think I'm doing it right, so I was hoping. Uh, the name of the website sounds like you guys might be experts at that. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, give me one. So you were just wanting to know how that worked, or? Yeah, like the gun show loophole. Like, I'm trying to figure it out, and I looked at your website, and I was like, these guys know what's up. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can get you an explanation. Give me one second, okay? All right, great, man. Thank you. Yeah. All righty, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, uh, it looks like uh, most of the time when uh, you're at a, uh, basically when you would be at a gun show, um, you can you can purchase things from dealers, but they will still um, run a background check or something on you. Um, the main it, it, the main thing um, I think that that's referring to is that uh, there could be someone. Not all shows allow this, but there could be someone walking around trying to sell their gun. And that kind of thing, and so you can get it from them, that kind of thing. But uh, if you're, as long as you're purchasing from a dealer, you will go through a background check, unless you have your CHL, in which case you can you can get it uh, through that. Yeah, man, it's like everywhere I go, I'm trying to figure out this loophole. I see it all over the news. They're like, "Gun show loophole this, gun show loophole that," and then I'm yeah, like, <laughs> I, it, I mean, honestly, it's almost like a, a myth to uh, some extent. It's like there's definitely things you can do, but it's uh 
it's it's pretty much as long as it's, if you're going through a dealer, you get, you're going to have a background check. So, man, I came to America because of freedom. Man, this is like not free at all. <laughs> yeah, hey, this is something. Yeah, it is something. Okay, man, thank you very much. I I continue to look for the gun show loophole. All right, perfect. You have a good one. Then, All right, sir. you too. Goodbye. <gasps> okay, okay, that's enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, yeah I gotta so- say that's actually pretty impressive. That uh, it, it sounded like he actually did some. What's what's that word that uh, most of the other news broadcasters don't use? Oh, research. research. He did some research. Yes. Before answering your question. Yes. Yes. He. Uh, I felt like you almost told me how to break the law, but he uh, caught himself at the last second. And at that point, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna end the call before he says something horrible." Oh, right. <laughs> I'm but, like, hey, our prank calls, not only do they make people laugh, they help people to break the, you know. They help people go to federal prison. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, funny story there. I had no idea what accent I was going to use when I made that call. I didn't even really know what I was going to call about. I was just like, oh, my God, we literally have seven minutes before uh, before we start the interview. And uh, yeah, that's what happened. Ricardo came out. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That's, that was Ricardo? That was Ricardo, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ricardo sounds like a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he smokes uh, anything other than meth, you know? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, that that's his personal choice. I'm not going to judge him. Yeah. Well, for someone that smokes meth, it sounds like he still has a full mouth of teeth, too. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, he brushes like 14 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's talk about the wire brush. Yes. (laughs) Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So, uh, after our um, interview with Falcor Defense, I bought some of the mag extensions. And uh, I bought some of the older ones that they're going to be doing away with, as well as the newer ones. So the older ones are the Velocity Mags, and then the newer ones are the Fury Magazine extensions. And um, and then I also got new uh, Glock magazines. And I don't know if Glock changed the way that you take the base pad off the magazines, because I just remember you just push the little, you know, the thing that little spring thing down and then you slide the base cover off. But in this case, and I couldn't do it. I was like, what is going on? Like, did I, you know, am I like losing, do I not have like enough, you know, you you need more pushups. That's what I was thinking. I was seriously thinking like, I feel like I, I was like, like I'm a five-year-old trying to open up a, a medicine bottle. And I was like, okay, well, this cannot be that difficult. Let's just, but we would just pop it off. You push the button in, you pull the base plate off. Yeah, he's making fun of me. He's like, yeah. what's what's the problem? What's taking you so long? And I'm like, ah, I can't do it. And then uh, I give it to Sean. He's like, oh, I can't do it either. And then we start, you know, researching and everyone on the internet's complaining about these stupid Glock magazines. And it turns out that you have to like press in on... It's like the sides, yeah. Screw that. It's a press and pry for me. I just stick an Allen wrench down through the hole and just pull forward till it pops off and the spring shoots out. Yeah, that's great. How long did it take you to realize that? Like 20 minutes. Yeah, like way too long. I I was like wrapping it in a towel. Why why did they do this? I I don't know. It doesn't, I can't think of a great reason. John, have you, I mean, like, I don't even know when they they changed this. Or if they did. I'm just not a Glock guy, so I don't even know. 
I don't. I think that they how, how they've been designed. Because when I when I first got a Glock for you know shooting competition, I wanted to break it apart to clean it open. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what the hell happened. However, or how to do it without you know giving myself a hernia. Um, but I'm yeah, just, it, it it is kind of a pain in the ass because yeah. So like, oh, all you have to do is pinch on the sides. It's like, well, I yeah, tried okay. pinching. Okay, yeah. I'm like, no, we had to take we we literally like broke out the tools and even then we're oh we at one point we put it in a uh, what is that a vice? Oh yeah, yeah, a vice. Uh, yeah. I mean, this and, thing. And basically, I, I took it to a gunsmith buddy of mine, and I said, "How the hell do I do this?" And he did what you guys did. He took a screwdriver, he shoved it down to the hole, and just yeah, pried the base plate off. And I was like, "Oh, okay," you know, because I was still in that mindset of like, "Oh, it's plastic; it must be fragile." And he's like, "No." <laughs> and even if you do break it, it they cost what fifty cents to buy a new piece anyway. Yep, true. It was just such a pain. I was like, "So this then is I'm so trying silly. to think because when I when I've I've changed out, you know, like my Glock forty two. I've changed out the base plate on that, and we didn't have any issues. It has. I don't remember well, ever having any issues with it, and I've done. I don't know how many magazines. All I, I think all of my magazines have, have you know, I've changed out the base plate. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I we replaced another one yesterday, and that one was the exact same. It had the two little stupid stop tabs. Yeah, but anyway, so going back to the Falcor Defense, the mag extensions. Um, I'm pretty happy with them. I on the internet it looked like I w- I kind of thought that I'd like the velocity ones better which you know they've done away with there's only a few left they're on sale for like $25 right now um and then they replaced it with the fury mag extensions and on the internet it looks like I would have you know I liked the velocity better but I actually think I like the design of the fury better and it is a little bit easier to you know to change out mags and stuff because of the indents on that on that extension. Yeah. So they, they use two different mechanisms. The velocity mags, I'm actually very well versed in. I've got three of them. I've been using them for my MMP for quite a long time. I'm sad that they're discontinuing them because I actually do like them a lot, but they've got an interesting little uh, detent slide plate system on the back of those. So they're a little bit more difficult to replace. Uh, I like the nice solid blocky looking lines, um, but I will say the Fury actually look pretty nice too. They use just an Allen screw on the very back. Uh, one criticism I have is that they didn't send the little Allen wrench and it's a really super tiny one. I had to like dig through my box for a little while to find one, uh, but <laughs> dig through your box, <laughs> my <prison version. laughs> but I do like them. Um, I don't know if I like them as much as the velocity cause I got a lot of experience with the velocity. I've been using them for quite a while now and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're, they're not just discontinuing that line completely. So they're uh, kind of heavy though, too. Yeah, they are, which I love. I like, I want that crap to drop free and get out of my way so I can reload like a boss. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, cause I was surprised by just having, I mean, the magazine wasn't loaded and I was playing around with them and my gun, it definitely increased the, uh, yeah, I mean, uh the weight of them. It's, it's a pretty much solid block of aluminum. So they're mm-hmm. definitely some weight, 40 bucks. And, uh, yeah, I dig them. Like I said, I've been, those are the mag. What originally happened is I was trying to get some TTI base plates, uh, mag extensions, and they were like always sold out of either the color I wanted or for the MMP. It was like just I could never find what I wanted. And then uh, Whitey from Four Guys Guns was working with Clint, who was at Falcor at that time. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get you a couple of these velocities. And I've been using them ever since. Very cool. If you guys are interested in getting yours, you could go to uh, falcordefense.com. Exactly. Hey, uh, let's read some reviews. Wait, do I have to read the reviews? Yeah. All right. That's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Hooked on Phonics worked for me. (laughs) 
So first off, thank you very much for the people who have left us reviews. We really appreciate it. It helps people make an informed listening decision. When they're searching for podcasts, they type in gun. This comes up. And uh, if you're anything like me, you'll read a couple of the reviews just to kind of see what people think. And uh, your reviews help people make that decision. We truly appreciate it. Facebook, iTunes, anywhere else that fine podcasts are served, leave us a review and we'll read it on the show. Grave Grave Digger Mike says, five stars, great interviews, good podcast. I'm like, great podcast, good interviews. Wouldn't that have been a better way to to word that? Ava? Yeah. Okay. Wake up. You okay? Hey, you know what it is? (laughs) I'm like, you know what it is? Uh, Before we started the show, I took some cough medicine and I think it's really gotten the best of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm like, the room is spinning. (laughs) I did the non-drowsy dance, but uh, also you've been Bill Cosby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) Very informative and fun. The hosts, Sean and Ava, are a match made in heaven, feeding off each other's humor nicely. Deaf, worth a listen. Thank you, Gravedigger Mike. Uh, I'll forgive you for saying good podcast and great interviews. I feel like. And then deaf, deaf, worth a listen? Like, if you're deaf, how is it worth a listen? Yeah, yeah. I think he's doing that hip lingo that we're not down with. I think. Oh, like like that's short for definitely. IDK. IDK. I'm not not down. I don't have the 411 anymore. Yeah. I'm still stuck on crunk. I think that's like a decade old. Or fetch. Yeah, that is pretty fetch. All right. <laughs> Challenger971 says, tight. Ava and Lacey are pretty great and make a solid podcast about the industry. Shamu needs to calm it down with the hot pockets. <laughs> dot, 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 JK. Dot, 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 kind of. Dot, 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 JK. Dot, 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 or am I? <laughs> Shamu. Who's he uh, talking about? Uh, you. I mean, what? he said Ava and Lacey, and then he was like, and then there's that Shamu kid. I don't even do a character that would sound like Shamu. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that... and, and and I thought this isn't on video, so I mean, how does he know that how big, or is it because you're black and white? Are, I, you, are you like half gangster? Or... I, I think so. I, I'm going to, that's the way I'm choosing to look at it. Got it. Yeah. You're a killer whale. Yes. <laughs> I, it's like killer Mike. All right. Thanks for the reviews, guys. Uh, Keep them coming. We really appreciate them. They do make us laugh. And uh, let's start wrapping this thing up. Dot, 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 JK. (laughs) JK, dot, dot, dot. Or are we? (laughs) All right, guys. So if uh, you want to find us, we're on gunfunny.com. And if you want to become a Patreon, you just go to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. You get access to our Facebook page. Uh, We're always having pretty good laughs over there. Sometimes it's gun-related. Sometimes it's not. We're posting live videos, you know, whatever. And then depending on your level of donation, you can get access to our monthly raffle to win cool stuff, a limited edition T-shirt, shout-out on the show, and even an opportunity to be a guest on the show. And I'd like to thank the $25 patrons who... Uh, that's Corbin Bonafide and Iraq Veteran 8888 And we have a new king of the Patreon. What? Yep. It's Adam Balzer from Charger Arms. You guys can he also find. Also has an awesome last name, Balzer. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know Balzer. I want to turn that into a verb of something cool. I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's Balzer. Yes, we should do Just it. Let's make it, it a go. thing. So uh, you guys can find him on Instagram, Charger Arms. He wants us to let you guys know that Adam is a factory certified Serico applicator, <laughs> dealer of silencers, SBRs, and machine guns. He also has a fetish for roosters. A.K.A. cock. The cock. He has a fetish for the cock. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week.
And, Definitely. And that, was, John, that was one of the most vulgar endings I've ever heard. You guys are both perverts, <laughs> oh, and thank I you. love it. Yeah, thank I was you. like, I mean, you know us. We're friends. <laughs> and, John, thank you so much for joining us. And once again, where can people find you? You can find me in Las Vegas getting crunked. Oh, oh yeah. damn, that's Fetch AF. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 60 bucks round trip, baby. Ballser. Come, come, for the, come for the alcohol. Leave with penicillin. Um <laughs> No, so find me on find me on Instagram. It's uh, McLean John No Space, or on Facebook John McLean or John McLean Competitive Shooter. Or uh, Google doesn't work too well. If you Google John McLean, all you do is get a bunch of pictures of Bruce Willis running around shoeless. So, um, I mean, but, if I Google John McLean, that's literally what I'm looking for. So Google's on it. Yeah, exactly. So. No, and uh, yeah, absolutely, guys. Anyone, uh, anyone out there? If you guys ever have any questions, concerns about like the the Rock Island Armory lines, or any any of my other sponsors, uh, or even competition shooting, if you want to learn how to get into it, please feel free to contact me. I can't guarantee that I'll I'll be able to answer you like right away, but I promise I will try my best to to get to everyone's questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, and keep up the awesome work. Thank you. I've, I've, that's always fun getting to getting to hang out and chat with you guys. So uh, thank you again for, for having me and thinking of me to, to come on the show. Appreciate it. Love it, man. All right. We will talk to you all next week. Holla. Holla at Want me. to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. Ha <laughs> ha.